0: Hello there everyone, welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode we have a fellow Canadian, a fellow Connect on the show. I'm actually from Vancouver BC, Canada and our guest today representing Canada is in uh, Ontario and uh, we have the pleasure of interviewing her. I'm actually not in Vancouver right now, I'm actually in uh, Medellin, Colombia, but through the miracle of technology we're able to connect here. And I'm going to be interviewing our guest today, Natalie Taylor, about her travels, about her freelance career, about uh, travel writing, um, about her,
1: I just think about her the
0: thumbs up. <laughs> social media, editing, and uh, all the other marketing. stuff. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So Natalie, uh, to start off with, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself with the people watching and listening today.
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Natalie. I am from Toronto, born and raised. Um, so I guess I could tell you about like what my world was like before I got into the travel industry and then talk about how I got into it. Because a lot of people say, oh, how do you become a travel writer? So basically right now what I'm doing is I am a travel writer. I also do content marketing. So how do you kind of get into that? I was in a job in 2005 to 2006. I um, in HR. So I got my postgraduate degree in HR. I actually always wanted to be a travel agent. So coming out of high school, I always wanted to be a travel agent. But my parents said, no, you're going to university. So I went to university. And what did I do? I did an English degree and a geography degree. And then I had a boyfriend who encouraged me to get into business. So I did HR. I wanted to help people. And I thought that was the best way to help people. So I was in HR. And it ended up being very administrative, which I was good at, but I hated. And so I came into my job wanting to travel, and I save up all my money. Um, so that's a hat tip to all of the people who are, you know, wanderlusting is, you know, save up grandma's money, save up a uh, parent's birthday money, save up um, any bonus money that you get from your job. Every little bit counts. Um, instead of buying that $500 pair of shoes, put it towards, you know, a $500 trip to New York, right? So, um... While I hated my job, I just saved, 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 and then I took three months off in 2006 to travel Europe. I went to 13 different countries um, on my own, and I did that for three months, Um, and the first part of the trip, the first month and a half of of the trip was structured. I did Greece for about two and a half weeks, and then I went to Italy. Uh, for about three weeks, and then I went to Paris uh, for two weeks. Those were my bucket list items, and then after that, the trip within Europe was very unstructured. So um, I ended up in Germany, which was not on the schedule. I ended up in Slovenia, which was not on the schedule, and those ended up being some of my most memorable trips. So when planning a trip, I would definitely suggest to uh, have the first part planned, But leave room for a serendipity because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know where you're going to end up. And that's beauty of travel. Um, So anyways, that changed my life. I came back to Toronto, got back into a consulting firm with Hewitt. I hated it and didn't know what to do. So I was on BlogTO all day. And BlogTO is a very popular Toronto site. And then I started writing for them. And um, then after that, I realized, you know, life's too short. I'm going to apply to be a travel agent. And I became a travel agent. And I worked with Flight Center for about like a year, and then that was before. And I know Flight Center has had HQ in Vancouver as well. Uh, It's pretty popular in Vancouver. Um, And then from there, um, that job did not work out. Uh, Being a travel agent is much more booking and sales than it is traveling. So it's really kind of figuring out what you like and what you want to do. Um, And then from there, after... Um flight center ended. Uh, we were in the recession and a downturn in the economy, and I didn't know what to do, and I was really lost. Which happens (laughs) when you're trying to find your path. And um, in 2009, I started, I said, you know what, I'm going to take travel writing courses because I've always wanted to be a travel writer. And then this is at the dawn of like when Twitter was, you know, kind of rising in popularity as well as, you know, social other social media networks, but especially Twitter. And that's where I found my tribe. And I went to TBEX, which is a travel blogging conference uh, in 2010 in New York. And there were a lot of other people that felt the same way that I did that were really passionate about travel and wanted to find their tribe. And um, I felt a strong connection at that conference of, you know, forging my path ahead, really just fell into social media and blogging and being on Twitter like 8 hours a day (laughs) Uh, because I was unemployed at the time. So I spent all my time doing this not realizing it was setting me up for my next career. In 2011, the TBEX conference was in Vancouver. Um, And then from there, yeah. What up, Vancouver? Um, <laughs> and then from there, what happened was um, I ended up getting a job with Thomas Cook Travel. I said to myself, I wanted three things in my life, and one of them was to travel, two, two was to write, and three was social media. And I ended up getting a column with Simpatico, um, writing their luxury for less column. And then from there, um, Thomas Cook found me and they said, Can you do our social media? You were clearly already doing it. And I was online and I had a presence. So it was just building a presence and doing that. And then from there, um, I ended up getting other contracts and pitching and writing. And this is where I am today. So that led to um, an opportunity with George Brown College. Um, George Brown College has a hospitality school as well as a culinary school. It's called the Center for. Um, Hospitality and Culinary Arts, the CHCA. Um, it's one of the most prestigious in, I think, Canada. Uh, definitely, it's culinary school. It's rated it as one of the top culinary schools. So with my love of food and travel and chefs and all of those things, uh, I ended up building their brand. And now, um, I'm continuing to do what I love, which is write and travel and be on social media and use different networks, um, despite Mercury Retrograde right now. <laughs> Lots to take in, but um, the path is never linear. Um, it's never linear, and this is where I am today. And. Now I've had the opportunity to work with a really big brands. I've worked with RPC. I've worked with MasterCard. I also developed an expertise in Toronto, um, which is something that I was always doing anyway. I was always telling my friends, you have to go here, you have to go here, and they never believed me. So I said, I'm going to prove them wrong, and I'm going to write about it. And if I'm in a the publication, then maybe they'll be like, oh, she has some credibility. And as soon as that happened, they were like, oh, well, can you tell me where to go? And where should I take my friends for a birthday? And da-da-da-da-da. And so that led to contracts with Toronto Tourism, really big contract with Toronto Tourism um, in developing that and having my blog, which is no longer, but having my old blog uh, be about Toronto and about uh, my travels. Um, And that led to contracts with, yeah, like I said, Toronto Tourism, but also a farm magazine, National Geographic. Um, I've been really lucky and blessed, but I do believe that luck is opportunity, meaning hard work. Um, And, you know, people say, oh, you're so lucky, but you can be lucky, too. You just have to work, and if travel is what you love to do, and travel – you know, there, there are many means, there are many roads to Rome, so to say. You know, I have a friend who's really confused about this. He's like, yeah, I love to travel, and I want to do it. And he loves volunteering, and he loves jujitsu. So I told him, I said, look, you know, try to find jujitsu places, or, you know, go follow the path of jujitsu in Brazil, if that's where it is. Okay, he was in Copenhagen. Well, nobody thinks about jujitsu and associates with Copenhagen. So there's your story right? That's a really cool story. And I said, I want to read that story because that's a different angle and something that you love to do um, and being able to travel with it. Yeah. Are you there? just want to make sure.
0: I'm blown away. I'm blown away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So this is like, this is my path, but also advice for people who are trying to get into travel because people do come to me um, a lot and ask me advice for it and, and on it but it's really just trying to figure out like what do you want to do so figure out what your interests are and um, you know uh, where you can travel with it and then I think you know you can kind of forge path. so I love food it's taking me everywhere it's taken me to Taiwan um, where I researched um, you know Taiwan's most authentic eats and their street food and their night markets um, when you have a focus, it will really help you. You have a niche. So for me, it was Toronto, 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 Toronto. Everybody knew that. I love to talk to Toronto. I would plan itineraries for my friends on my own for fun. And then that turned into paid opportunities. You know, um, I do it for the love, I do it for the passion. Um, I do it because it's another way to explore my city and see it with fresh eyes. Um, And yeah, and the money comes, you know, Um, but if you are trying to get into the travel world for the money, find another career. (laughs) Go into banking, go into real estate. Travel's not for you. (laughs) Money will come, but it comes in different ways, and I think people now are... What's the word? They're trying – there's, like I said, again, many roads to Rome, right? People are trying to forge different paths. Blogging or, you know, uh, affiliate links aren't really going to pay your rent, right? So a lot of people work part-time jobs and they, you know, write for publications or they make money after a blog or, you know, they do partnerships with brands. Um, for me, that it was a little bit of that. I was working part-time for the college, so it gave me an opportunity to go and do my own thing and find clients and stuff. So maybe it's, you know, can you work a flexible schedule? I like. I personally like having um, a stable job while doing this part time on the side, just to know that I can pay my visa bill at the end of the month. Or you get visa to sponsor you, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> or like, well, not visa, but RBC. Yeah, shout out to RBC. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Awesome! Awesome! You know, uh, thank you so much for sharing your background there. Definitely inspiring uh, all these different things you've done. You work for literally the biggest travel companies in the world: Flight Center, Thomas Cook, and uh, you mentioned you work uh, with sponsorships and uh, different corporations as well. You almost could become a travel career counselor <laughs> with I all. I thought
1: of- about that. I <laughs> never thought about it that way, but I've always wanted to be a career counselor. So maybe I mm-hmm. uh, never thought about it that way. Good idea. <laughs>
0: Uh, it could be a little uh, side gig uh, because a lot of people, like you mentioned, uh, Natalie, a lot of people want to get into travel and they want to do it as a full-time career, but um, um, they don't know where to start because there's literally um, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of different options. Uh, you could work for a company like Flight Center or Travel, um, you know, uh, Provelocity or Expedia. Yeah. Or- a lot of
1: people, a lot of people are agents, and they have their own blog, and that helps them sell their trips. Um, but I think what people need to know is that, like, if you're becoming a travel agent, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to travel all over the world. And you have to, like, with Flight Center, for example, you have to, like, wait three months until. Um, and you're literally behind the desk all day, like 70 hours a week, like trying to make those bookings, right? The harder you book, um, or the harder you work, or the more clients that you have, um, that it's just that world, right? And it's really hard in competing with the internet, you know? Uh, as a travel agent, not to say that there's not a market for it, there definitely is a market for it. I think in business travel and that uh, niche again, it goes back to niches, right? Niche specialized travel. And I talked about this at a conference to travel agents, but um, it goes back to like having a niche, you know, the wedding, like destination wedding business is huge, huge, right? But like, I mean, I have friends like my friends Chris and Ashadi, a vacation couple, they work with Escape. Uh, I think it's like patient. Vacation escapes or escape travel, but they do like video, um, video content for them. But they also have day jobs too, or other part-time jobs. So they go off and they go to like Secrets Cap Cana. Check them out, vacation couple. They're incredible. They do really in- incredible videos. Um, and then, but they have their base here too. So it works for them. Like you know, a lot of people are doing video now. A lot of vloggers are making like really good money. Chris and Sarah, Arianne Perse um mike Corey, kick the grind um these are all incredible vloggers that are like able to use their passion of videography i'm not a vlogger like i don't even know like where to start with a youtube channel i've been thinking about it but they do it so much better than i could it takes a lot of practice right but like their niches are adventures so they go off like Kristen, sarah hopscotch the globe but she like rented like. Uh, Not like one of those RVs like camper vans and now they have an Airstream trailer that they're living out of and they're using it as a base to travel while they work and create videos and content. So again I mean that's their path. It's not my path. I'm more of a writer. They don't like writing as much but I'm more of like the the writer. But from that you know Arianne for example she's gotten contracts with uh, Toronto Tourism because of her video skills. Yeah and it's all about community too. We're part of the travel massive community. Um, which started in Australia in 2010. I've been with the Toronto chapter since 2010 um, from the beginning. And these people are doing really great things. And, you know, Another example of somebody who's created a niche is Mary Ellen Ward, a breathe, dream, go. I'm sure you've heard of her through the blogger circles. She's a pretty prominent uh, Canadian blogger. Uh, hi, Mary Ellen. Um, and she, her niche is India you know, and when I think of India, I think of Mary Ellen. When I think of like meditation or like yoga retreats, I think of Mary Ellen. If I, if I had a, if I was going to India on a yoga retreat, Mary Ellen site would be the first thing I do. So I think it's about creating something or a word or a thing that people will associate with your name. Natalie, is Toronto. Mary Ellen is India. Lindsay Tremuda of Lost in Cheeseland is Paris. She's the Paris expert. She ended up writing a book. You know, so again, many roads, many, many roads to run. You are like the blogger interviewer.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm the daddy blogger. Uh, that's You're what I want to be for, you know, daddyblogger.com. And I have the kids and a lot of my videos. And they pop up every now and then, even then, in these podcasts. Uh, you might actually see them, who knows, in this interview. And uh, that's my positioning, guy. Like you said, all about positioning yourself as the brand, as a go-to expert in a certain niche. Uh, my niche is fatherhood family travel, long-term travel with kids, and uh, I've become an authority in that area just because I'm writing about it, podcasting about it, video blogging about it, sharing on social media about it, speaking about it at different events. Um, so it's really about getting yourself out there and, and, you know, now you've given some great examples of people who really niche themselves out. And, uh, you know, they, they've uh, figured out a way to make income at it, uh, you know, doing yoga retreats in the, in um, India, or becoming video bloggers and traveling around the world, getting yeah. uh, paid or getting YouTube ad revenue. So there's a lot of ways to actually uh, make income online as a travel writer, as a travel influencer. And I'm glad you um kind of outlined these for us. So I'm curious to know what are you currently working on? As you've mentioned all of the past projects. So uh, currently, here we are in August of 2017. What are you working on uh, nowadays, Natalie?
1: Currently looking for a job, actually. (laughs) So brands, hire me. Um, I have a website called HelloNatalieTaylor.com. HelloNatalieTaylor.com. And that's a showcase of my work. So uh, right now I've been doing contract work, content marketing work with my friend, Um, who's like a full-time influencer. So she's a mom. Her name's Solmaz. She's a curious creature. Hi, Solmaz. She's a really good friend of mine. And, you know, this is how the travel community helps each other out. When I was down, she said, you know what? I can't take in all these projects. I'm a new mom. So I'll pay you. And you go and – do your thing, and it's actually really helping me with my portfolio. Um, so I've been working, doing a lot of stuff like that, like working with clients like Cliff Bar and Toronto Tourism, um, doing content marketing work for them, and hopefully planning my next trip. I'm going to be in the Eastern Townships so with Quebec Tourism again via Solmes. Um, he's a great, great friend of mine, and that's on September seventh to tenth. And we have a lot of things in the Pike, but I can't talk about them yet. But mm-hmm. manifest for me because I think they'd be really great. <laughs>
0: So, for people who wanted to get into travel writing or freelance writing, um, you've done it this for literally uh, you know years and years. So, what advice? Okay. What, tips, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, well, what tips advice would you give to them that the people want to get into freelance travel writing or freelance lifestyle writing?
1: Um, learn how to write. <laughs> learn how to write well. I mean, there's a lot of bloggers out there, but they're not writing well, right? It's and it's also about me, 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 me. I went here, look at me in my pretty dress, sipping my, like, pink lemonade, and it's all about the photos and the flat lays. It's less about Instagram, and it's more about, like, the content that you can provide to your reader, what's going to be useful to your reader. So, one, figure out who your audience is, or the audience that you want, um, or the audience that you're pitching to. I'm trying to, like, think back to, like, when I got started. Like, so I did an English degree And we're taught in university to, like, write these long, long essays and have research. And that really helps me with my critical thinking skills, and it did help me with my writing. But the writing that you do for publications is totally different. So I guess my advice would be, like, figure out, like, say you want to write for National Geographic, right? Now, you know, it's really hard to get into. So are you reading National Geographic? like on a regular basis, are you studying the different sections in the publication of National Geographic? Um, From there, once you read, those might provide some ideas for you or inspiration on something. So let's just say, one second, I'm going to grab my National Geographic. Um, It's my National Geographic. Hi, National Geographic. So, like, I don't know. I'm trying to – give me a second. Sorry. Um, Eat it. So, like, there's a section called Eat It on San Francisco. If you love food, maybe, you know, it says four food trends to savor. So can – are you an expert on your city? And think about that angle. So if it's being done in San Francisco, could you do it for Montreal? Could you do it for Helsinki? You know, could you do it for Columbia? Right, So it's really looking and studying at the different sections of the magazine. So there's two parts. Uh, to, there's a couple of parts to a magazine. It's called the front of book, and then you have the back of book. Um, if you're just starting out, those are the places to pitch to. Um, you can also start pitching to their website, which is a little bit easier to get into. But my biggest advice would be to study the publication, um, read the publication, and that will help you with inspiration for ideas. Um, and think about your favorite magazines and your interests, right? So, you know, back to the jujitsu example, right? Like, which I think would be an excellent article. Um, you know, my friend does jujitsu and he's like a blue belt or a black belt or whatever belt that's like amazing. Um, and he knows the terminology and the language of that sport and he could take that and he could travel with it. So everybody knows that maybe jujitsu originated in Rio de Janeiro But he recently went to Copenhagen, and he found out there was a huge community there. So jiu-jitsu in Copenhagen or, like, where to do jiu-jitsu in the world, like, if you want to travel with it, is an excellent niche um, article that not a lot of people are doing. Like, you don't associate jiu-jitsu with Copenhagen. And I told him, like, you need to pitch this, right? And start small, right? Like, don't pitch National Geographic off up, up the bat. I didn't pitch National Geographic off the bat. I was terrified to, like, to do it. Um, or you could do it, and you can fail. And you will fail, and you have to learn how to deal with rejection because you will get a million no's to your one yes. But once you get that one yes, it's, like, the best feeling in the world. That byline is the best feeling in the world. So for me, my very first article was with a small niche um, magazine called Design Line. And I found – I was working at a yoga studio at the time, and I just started talking to people like, hey, do you know an editor? Do you know an editor? Do you know this? Do you know anybody in, like, you know, the travel world? I just harassed people. It was terrible. <laughs> but my friend ended up being best friends with the editor of this magazine called the Design Lines. She gave me her Gmail address or whatever her address, Hotmail. People still use Hotmail. She gave me her uh, hotmail address, her personal email address, and I wrote her and I said, hey, I looked at your magazine. Like, I really want to write for you. What are you looking for? And she said, like, try pitching for this. So she was really nice. She was a good editor. Um, and man, like, she, like, tore apart. She tore apart every word. But she gave me, like, a really good kind of, like, concept. And it was also – that was actually – that was my first, like, printed piece. But it was with a small Toronto magazine that not a lot of people have heard of. And it was in design. You know, I was also writing fashion articles for free. Also, you will write for free at some point in your life. (laughs) Don't expect to be paid like millions of dollars for writing. Again, if you want to get into this business for money, it's not the industry for you. But if you want to share your passion with readers um, that like the same things that you do, whether it's jiu-jitsu or whether it's food or adventure or travel. Then you will do that and practice and hone your craft on your blog. That's what I did, and then people started finding me. I actually got a lot of um, articles or like publications coming to me because of my blog. Oh, you do guides on Toronto? Can you do one for us and we'll pay you? You know, and I worked my way up. And it's also you know with pitching editors, like it's a fine line, right? And I think a lot of the feedback that freelance writers get are you know or that they give is, the editor hasn't written me back. Don't harass that editor two days after you wrote them. Give them a week or two. Their inboxes are flooded. They're in meetings all day, all day. So no, they haven't like been able to read your essay on, you know, I don't know, like the best speeches in Italy. Like they don't have time. So what you need to do is again, like it's back to a niche that really resonates with their publication and their readership if you want to write for a publication. But my biggest advice, I don't know, I'm like talking a lot here because I get like really impassioned about it, but my biggest advice is to like write about what you love, what interests you. So for me it was Toronto and food and um, exploration and like different quirky things to do in Toronto and people really respond to that and they come to me because I, I know my
0: stuff yeah so I'm curious to know uh, right now you said you're kind of in the midst of a career transition uh, you're doing yeah. a lot of freelancing. so where do you see yourself I mean what is the best yeah. case scenario here what is the vision for your future in terms of uh, career? <laughs>
1: I feel like I a job interview <laughs> um, I really don't know okay. you know I think it's again I'm kind of following like my passions and what I love to do and trying to figure out what I love to do and it really actually again I was lost this year you know so in 2009 I was really lost and 2014 I was really lost <laughs> now I'm coming back to it in 2017 I'm lost again um and it's funny it's not gonna be a linear path you know there's that like Meme or like that article saying like A to B is like usually what people think, but it's really the squiggly lines all the way from A to B. Um, that's what it really looks like. So for me right now, it's, I guess, you know, a career that I love is one that includes education, one that includes travel, one that includes writing. If I can do all of those things, that would be great. Maybe, and you know, a little bit of a combination of social media because technology is really important in, you know, selling and uh, talking about travel. Today. But yeah, I really I really don't know, but I'm kind of keeping myself open to serendipity and the opportunities that come my way. So brands, if you're looking, um, I'm happy to talk to you about my interest and uh, what I'm good at. But something that involves travel and education and publishing, I think, is up my alley. But it took me a while to get there and figure out that that's what really, truly makes me happy. So there's a book um, that I read. It was published last year. It's called Designing Your Life. Uh, let me get the book. Let me get the book. Uh, so this is a book. It's called Designing Your Life. It's by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. They were developers for Apple and Google respectively, and they taught a course, an elective course um, in design. Um, and designing your life—they're designers, but they taught this elective course, which is this book, um, teaching you know undergraduate students at Stanford how to uh, have a career worth loving and figuring out what they really like to do. And this book has changed my life um, because it really kind of you know gets them to the nitty-gritty of the task and the things that you enjoy doing day to day, right? So maybe you don't like administrative work enough. Like, So you gauge based on the flow and um, your engagement and your energy level while you're doing that task. You write down that task and figure out if you like doing it. So for example, and that's every day, it's your like feel good, good time journal. And then from there, and they teach you design techniques like prototyping and mind mapping. Um, to figure out things that might make you happy or, like, where you want to go in your life. And that's really, really, really helps me. And also um, Marie Kondo, um, the life-changing magic of tying up. You wouldn't think that cleaning up your room or, like, organizing all of your things would relate to your career, but once you start asking yourself and picking up things, every single thing that you own, every single thing, every single photograph, every single piece of paper, and saying, does this spark joy, it kind of starts to translate to other areas of your life. So with me, you know, I have like three job opportunities right now. And so now I'm asking, is this going to really make me happy? Is this one hour and a half commute, three hour commute each day going to make me happy? Truly, right? Because we take things, I think, you know, to make money, right? Like we take things because they're convenient to us. Oh, that job's available. Okay, maybe I'll take that job. This job is more money, but it's not about, for me personally, it's not about that anymore. It's, is this going to give me the most satisfaction in my life? Does this work with my lifestyle? So maybe, yeah, this job in this prestigious industry is a fantastic job and it pays a lot, but. How, like is that commute going to kill me? You know, do I have time for my family and my friends and myself at the end of the day? You know, I'm making money, I'm paying off my debt, great, but is it going to like am I going to be burnt out, you know, as opposed to a job that doesn't pay as much but is down the street and gives me more time in my day to spend with my family or cook a meal or like meal prep for the week, which are things that are important to me now. Um and giving me that time but also giving me that joy day to day and like the things that I like to do. So anyways, designing your life.
0: Yeah, great, great recommendation. I, I yeah. haven't read that one myself, but I definitely uh, am always trying to figure out my career and my next move. I think we all, uh, especially as travelers, I think we all kind of reforming ourselves and shaping identity, uh, and all obviously never ever fully satisfied well with what we're doing. we was yearning and desiring and longing for the sense of adventure and purpose and obviously profit too. Uh, I think uh, you if
1: know. you're 80% happy, that's yes. good enough, right? And you have to think about the things in your life like, That make you happy. Maybe for you, it's like spending time with your family and being able to travel with your family and having a flexible schedule for you to do that. You know, for me, it's making sure that I have time to cook at the end of the day because that gives me the most joy. One of the best things I did for myself was learn how to cook. You know, I was very grateful and blessed to have been able to take a course at George Brown College. And their cooking courses are incredible. And learning how to use a knife, like it's translated to like so many different parts of my life, like it's incredible. And um, if I'm able to make people happy, that's great. It's not maybe a career I would want to get into, but everybody's like, "Oh, you should become a chef." I'm like, "No. Why don't I want to become a chef? Long hours, enclosed spaces, little pay, takes up your whole life." Not for me. But doing that with travel, doing that with writing, that's, you know, if I'm able to sit and not stand, I'm I'm good. (laughs) Unless I'm running. (laughs) And that, and actually, like, I've had opportunities and contracts and stories come my way because I've gotten that, because my interest. Again, so that's translated to cycling and it's translated to running, which I've recently taken up. So follow follow your heart, follow your interests, follow your passions. The money and the contracts and the clients will
0: come through that. Awesome! Awesome! Some great uh, parting words here. So, if people wanted to connect with you, Natalie, maybe there's a brand or a company who's uh, looking for an employee, and boom, here you are. Uh, how can they reach out to you? Uh, you know, either other travel writers, other travelers, um, you know, um, etc. How yeah. can they connect with you? What is your website and social media? Yeah, maybe
1: you can link that. I don't know if you can add like words yes. on your screen.
0: Uh, how about um, you put the link below?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my site is hellonatalietaylor.com. That's also my email address, Taylor at gmail.com. Um, I am n-c-t-a-y-l-o-r underscore, which is, like, the worst Instagram, Twitter name ever. <laughs> but, um, so any of you have any ideas on, like, how I can change that? Natalie Taylor has been taken. <laughs> and my old brand name has been taken. So that's what it is right now. But uh, that's where you can find me. But ever, all of those links are on hellonatalietaylor.com. And uh, it's my new portfolio. I just finished my site. It was really fun. It did not bring me the most joy. <laughs> uh, not a website designer, but again, a- another way that you can make money on the road. There's tons of web designers um, and graphic designers that are uh, doing the digital nomad life. Um, another resource for people is Jodi uh, Ettenberg. She does Legal Nomads. There's a, she's a wealth of information on uh, traveling for a living and she used to be a lawyer and now she's doing food tours, again another income stream for her, creating bags and maps and totes of like, you know, and becoming a specialist actually in um, like celiac disease and, you know, eating street food on the, on the road. So again, that was just based out of like her necessity but also her interest in food. So you know, she's the expert. When I think of like celiac disease, and I think of like gluten-free living, I think of Jodie. So it's really like really, really honing in on a niche um, that people will think of, and that isn't saturated, right? Food travel, uh, adventure travel, a little saturated, but you know, celiac, you know, eating eating gluten-free on the road um, and where to go across the world, not so much. <laughs> Anyways, hello, NatalieTaylor.com.
0: Awesome. Nice and easy. Hello, Natalie, Taylor. And uh, like Natalie said, I'll actually have the link below. If you're actually watching this on YouTube, it'll be right in the YouTube description. If you're listening on iTunes, it'll be on the show notes. And, uh, you know, Natalie's definitely a wealth of experience and expertise when it comes to the subject of travel and different careers and travel. So if you have any questions for her, make sure you reach out to her. Uh, So thanks again, Natalie. Yeah,
1: future travel career counselor,
0: right? There you go future travel career counselor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're very welcome, and I definitely look forward to catching up with you again to see where your career trajectory takes you. Uh, So thanks, everyone, and I know uh, people who are listening and watching, they might be in the same boat who are trying to figure things out, so make sure you grab uh, the the book and the resources that Natalie mentioned in the show here today. I'll actually have a link to some of those below. And, uh, you know, just uh, follow some other travel bloggers who have actually Follow their passion and niche themselves and become successful. And if they can do it, so can you. So, thanks everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.